On today's episode, we talk about the side effects of constipation. As you guys know, I talk a lot about bowel movements because I spent eight years of my life searching for answers to why I was chronically constipated. At the same time, I was feeling fatigued, brain fog, couldn't lose weight, dealing with skin issues, dry uh, skin and skin spots, as well as brittle nails and all kinds of other things. And this is something that is near and dear to my heart. So if you find this helpful, please make sure that you share it out, tag us on Instagram, and let's dive in. I hope that you guys will listen, learn, and apply. If you need help, if you're struggling with any kind of gut issues, especially constipation, I'm your girl. Becca's your girl. Reach out to us. We'd love to chat and see how we can help you claim victory in your life each and every day. You hear all the bull about diet and exercise. Carbs are evil. Do more cardio. Never eat bread or cookies again. Just do a juice cleanse. We get it. We fell for all of the BS too. It's time to go right to the source with the truth about how to live a healthy, sustainable lifestyle. I am Liz. And I'm Becca. We are your nutrition educators and this is The Food Code. Hello, hello. I am so excited for this episode. <laughs> mm, mm. Liz, Liz's adoration of b- poop and bowel movements is unmatched. You know, listen, I'm literally in search of a trending sound because it needs to be trending for my reels to get seen. That is victory because that is what I used to call my poops. Victory poops. We would literally yell victory, and this was so bad in college, even my roommates would be like, you had a victory today. Guys, it's uncomfortable to be constipated. Sadly, I think a lot of people think it's normal. To How many people we've had to basically pry into digestion to be like, yeah, it's not bad. I go to the bathroom two to three times a week. It's like, I'm sorry, what? Mm -hmm. That's that's not not bad. That is very bad, actually. That is... (laughs) That is the opposite of not bad. So constipation, just before we dive into this, is what we uh, describe as anything less than one bowel movement per day. I would would add in straining too. Well, yeah, for sure. So like if you have to strain to have a bowel movement, even if you're having bowel movements every day, if you have to like strain for that, that would also be considered a level of constipation. Especially to the point that you are having to, you know push so hard that like your blood vessels are breaking and you are, you know, bleeding uh, or seeing blood in your stools because you're straining so hard. Mm -hmm. Um, It's really sad that constipation is very common more so with women than men. And it impacts about 25% of the population. I feel like it's more than that. I would definitely agree. And I think this is where, you know, you have to look at conventional medicine versus holistic medicine uh, in terms of what they define as constipation. Mm -hmm. So, we define it as anything less than one bowel movement per day. Mm-hmm. And it should be normal, easy to pass, snake-like or sausage-like uh, poops. Some of our clients, including myself, I mean, I go to the bathroom sometimes two times a day, maybe three times a day. As long as it's normal, like if you're looking at the Bristol stool chart, like a three or a four, that's normal. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if you're having diarrhea, very loose stools, that's problematic. On the other end, if you're having uh, you know, very hard stools that are pebbles and you're straining for these, that's also problematic. So, mm-hmm. so we're going to talk about the why. Like, why is constipation a problem? Other than like, you know, it's uncomfortable. There's there's actually a lot of reasons why constipation becomes a pretty big problem. Um, so we're going to dive into the ten side effects of constipation, starting with the effects on fatigue. Um, so 
All of these are supported through research, obviously. Um, so a dysbiosis caused by constipation, so dysbiosis is overgrowth of un, un, unbeneficial bacteria within the gut. So the harmful bacteria, the opportunistic bacteria. So dysbiosis caused by constipation can increase the fermentation of carbs and the production of various gases, including super smelly hydrogen sulfide, thought to cause dysfunction of the mitochondria. So we all know mitochondria are the little energy producers within our cells. So a lack of healthy gut flora can also decrease the absorption of nutrients required for energy and normal physiological function. So impaired detoxification of toxic substances, which is what bowel movements are, they help us detoxify the body. The liver processes these things. It goes through the stool. It gets carried out of the body through different ways, whether it's poop, urine, sweating. These can enter the bloodstream if they are not excreted because we are not going to the bathroom, they can impact energy levels and cause fatigue. So basically, you are creating a negative gut situation that is then impacting your body's ability to absorb nutrients and utilize energy properly. Yep. And I've been there and it sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll talk about this a little bit more, but in terms of detoxification, like when you have uh, metabolized hormones sitting in your intestines that gets uh, recirculated in the body, that can create situations like estrogen dominance, uh, which we don't want, right? Nope. So um, that leads to weight gain. And that's another effect of constipation. So of course, it's uncomfortable physically, right? You feel uh, that buildup of poop, which obviously can add a couple of extra pounds. Um, anybody who's ever done like a colonic or like a coffee enema or anything like that, you can attest to the fact that you're getting a lot of stool out, uh, especially if you've been backed up for a while. But what about the real weight, like the fat weight? That can definitely happen as well because just what Becca was talking about, science is starting to really understand how gut uh, dysbiosis impacts us and that intestinal flora um, and how that can cause weight gain and obesity. The link is there. So I mean, we say this all the time, but like all diseases start in the gut and weight is a symptom. So if you're somebody who's eating in a calorie deficit, you're eating good nourishing foods, you are exercising, but you're not seeing weight loss, there is a reason. Um, And it's most likely driven by the fact that you're not digesting and absorbing nutrients well, and then getting the push that you need in terms of your motility to excrete the bowels. Uh, And so this can lead to hormonal imbalances, again, particularly relating to estrogen, uh, which is also linked with obesity. So we need to clear excess estrogens and have them, um, you know, excreted from the body in a timely manner, rather rather than being reabsorbed back into the system, because that is where we often see a lot more midsection uh, weight gain, stubborn belly fat. I would even add here for women, you know, your hips and your upper thighs or upper arms, we often see that as well uh, with estrogen. Mm -hmm. I would say also the effect on the skin. So another side effect of toxicity associated with constipation is acne and skin breakouts. This typically happens again with the toxin in the waste that is reabsorbed back into the bloodstream via the colon rather than being eliminated. So from the bloodstream, these toxins can exit the body by its one of the largest detoxification organs, which is the skin. Um, and the other mechanism by which constipation can impact the skin is, again, the alteration of the gut bacteria. This stu- there was a study that showed 54% of acne patients have significantly altered gut flora. While probiotics have also been shown to reduce symptoms, one thing is for sure beauty begins in the bowels. You have to be going to the bathroom, guys. Like You need to be excreting these toxins because the reabsorption of them through the body is so harmful. It is so like, and the problem is 
we try to treat the symptoms. We try to treat the acne. We try to treat the rosacea. We try to treat all of these issues when in reality, the skin technically isn't your issue. The digestion is your issue. And that's what's causing the skin issue, which is why we almost always go back to like one of three main things, the gut, the liver, blood sugar. Yep. All right. Let's talk about the effect on the large intestine and uh, the small intestine. So one of the other effects of constipation is SIBO. This, uh, you know, if we are backed up and we have a lot of stool or waste sitting in our intestines, this is one of the highest risk factors uh, and most common causes for SIBO, small intestinal bacteria overgrowth. This is a condition where the bacteria from the large intestine end up into the small intestine where they do not belong. Um, and it is thought to be responsible for up to 80% of IBS cases, irritable bowel syndrome. It's kind of like a catch-all uh, <laughs> diagnosis. Um, but most of the common symptoms associated with SIBO are constipation, diarrhea, extreme bloating, fatigue, weight gain, and many other issues uh including sensitivities to different foods and feeling like nauseous. We have a lot of clients that have had SIBO and it's a nasty uh, condition. You know, mm -hmm. they can't uh, consume a lot of foods. And, you know, this is one thing that Beck and I both have been saying. It's not the issue with the food. It's the issue with your digestion. There's either, an, you know, imbalance of bacteria in the gut. Maybe it is SIBO. Maybe it's H. pylori. Maybe it's candida. Uh, there's a variety of things that can go wrong in the gut, especially when we're not moving things through appropriately. And so this is why, again, we look at the person as a bio-individual. Some of them are getting extensive testing to see what is going on inside the gut. Uh, some of them were treating based upon some of their symptoms and their lab work. And so it's one of those things where, and we'll give you guys a few tips here at the end of this podcast, but we cannot give you a generic protocol because there is no one size fits all we don't understand you, all of your health history, all of the things that are going on. There's so many factors to look at and to consider before just slapping uh, a protocol or, you know, mm -hmm. sharing a protocol out there or slapping some supplements on something. So, you know, it's really yeah. important because you think that it's not, you know, a big deal. Even if it's not a big deal right now, I can tell you firsthand, at some point in time, it's going to become a big deal if you don't get it taken care of. Mm -hmm. And we will probably dive into this a little bit more or maybe do a totally separate podcast on this. Constipation is not a metamucil or fiber supplement deficiency. It is a matter of an impairment of your body's ability to process foods properly. And it's a, it is not a fiber issue. I can promise you that there's a lot of other things that are probably going on. And Miralax is not a deficiency. No. Miralax and metamucil are not the deficiency problem here. Okay. Number five, the effects of constipation on brittle nails and thinning hair. Nutritional deficiencies obviously can affect the growth of both hair and nails. And as we know, a lack of healthy gut flora can decrease the absorption of nutrients essential for energy and growth. Excess toxins being absorbed into the bloodstream does not help your beauty regime, leaving you basically at risk for these things. And this might not seem as bad as some of the other side effects like that constipation can bring, but it does impact your overall health and well-being. I will say the hair and brittle nails is tough. Absolutely can be gut related, can also be thyroid related, can also sometimes we'll see hair loss and acne be more androgen related, meaning like you have high levels of male test male hormones and you're imbalanced there. And that's often a liver thing. And so like, again, this is why the body has to be looked at as a whole, mm -hmm. because there are so many different things that drive our symptoms, but absolutely if you are constipated, we often see, and 
thyroid can come very closely with constipation. It can be constipation can somewhat be like a symptom sometimes mm-hmm. of thyroidism, hypothyroidism. Well, and it can be a zinc deficiency too, which mm-hmm. goes back to if you are not properly breaking down, digesting, absorbing things that you're consuming, be it food or supplements, and you're deficient in zinc, that can lead to uh, hair loss or thinning hair. Mm-hmm. It can also impact our immunity. So we know that 70% of our immune system is in the gut. So our intestinal flora is responsible for much of the body's immune uh, jobs, including the removal of cell debris, protecting us from different bacteria, viruses, cancerous cells, and constipation is often associated with missing or damaged bacteria. This can impact your immune system and it can be pretty significant uh, in terms of repercussions. So toxins build up, inflammation uh, is on the rise. This is associated with constipation as well. So all of these things impair the proper function of the immune system and it leaves you vulnerable to infections, right? So Beck and I have talked about this before, like we're very rarely sick. I was very sick though, prior to taking care of my gut. Every year, especially around flu time, I would get really sick. Um, You know, January, February, I'd always be sick. Now I can't even remember the last time. Well, technically, I guess I supposedly had COVID for a couple of days uh, last year, but that's literally the only thing that I've had other than a little bit of like allergies popping up when we've done housework. Um, and so if you're somebody who's sick all the time, like, that is not normal. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. If you struggle from infections too, such as UTIs, mm-hmm. that can also be caused uh, by Yeast overgrowth. That's such a big one. When people have yeast infections frequently, usually more often than not, you have some type of an overgrowth or candida going on that needs to be treated, especially if they're reoccurring over time. Um, yeah, that the, because bacteria travels guys, it travels from the gut to other places. Think about how bad water travels, right? Like if you have a spill, water goes everywhere. I mean, it travels faster and farther than you think. Mm-hmm. Think about that in terms of the bad guys in the gut. We've also seen this with Dr. Bryden talked on the podcast around endometriosis mm-hmm. and how they believe that that's linked to the gut mm-hmm. and dysbiosis within the gut. There's so many things guys. Number seven, effects of constipation on estrogen dominance. We already touched on this a little bit, but basically constipation inhibits the excretion of the unwanted estrogen from the body and promotes its reabsorption. And when we reabsorb it, it tends to be reabsorbed in a more dangerous form of estrogen. Um, And we are exposed, unfortunately, to a lot of environmental sources of estrogens through plastics, medications, hormones, and the animal proteins we consume if we don't consume high-quality proteins. And this means that most people have excess estrogen coming into the body that needs to be excreted each day, not just our natural produced estrogen. That stuff's great. It's the stuff that we're getting from all the products and the unfortunate foods that we're eating. And if we are constipated, these get reabsorbed and can cause elevated estrogen levels, which can be associated with allergies, weight gain, and fatigue. Allergies are another huge one that I see when people have really jacked up guts. They have lots of allergies. Yep. Um, Another big thing here is that constipation can cause structural damage. So as we kind of talked about earlier with straining, just beyond like functional and chronic disease, constipation can cause structural problems that may lead to requiring surgical intervention. So if you're straining during bowel movements and sitting on the toilet for extended periods of time, this can result in hemorrhoids, rectal prolapse, and anal fissures. So this is where I would say if you feel like you are sitting on the toilet for longer than a couple of minutes, Beck and I joke about this all the time because I feel like our husbands like to just bask in the ambience because they're in the bathroom for a very just long look at their time. Their phones. I don't just understand. Looking at it. their phones. I forgot what Art was telling me the other day, something about doing something on my phone, and I was like, "But why would I want to sit there and bask in the ambience of the smell? Like that? 
what? Why? I get TikToks sent to me all the time when Nick's in the bathroom. I want to get in, get out, and get on with my day. Yes. So anyways. I, wait, I also wait until I'm like, I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to talk about that because I think it's also important not to try to sit and strain and mm-hmm. force it. You should get that feeling of I need to go to the bathroom. And again, it should be normal form stool, easy to pass because hard stools and increased, um, you know, intra abdominal pressure are thought to add extra pressure to the venous, uh, excuse me, (laughs) to the veins around the anus and increase our risk of getting hemorrhoids. So the connective tissue around the anus can also weaken. This leads to rectal prolapse, a condition in which your rectum uh, protrudes through the anus. Not a nice thing. Not something that we want to happen, uh, have happen mm-hmm. to us, right? Nope. And passing hard or large stools can also cause um, small tears in the skin of the anus. Mm-hmm. So on the effects of constipation on fecal impaction. So this is a result of chronic or severe constipation. And it basically, it's a bowel obstruction. We've worked with multiple clients that have experienced these um, that causes essentially a poop that's hardened in the colon to the point that it's causing like a literal solid blockage. Um, very, very uncomfortable. Lots of tenderness in the stomach can even cause tenderness post having it like, you know, ridded from the body um so liquid stool can bypass the impacted bowels but this can also cause like an overflow incontinence which can be mistaken for diarrhea so like your water your um you know other liquids that are going through will basically pass and absorb a little bit from that impacted poop and you may think it's diarrhea but um the fecal impaction can cause ulcers it can cause bowel perforation um so this is definitely one of the more severe side effects of constipation but if you've dealt with constipation a lot guys this could absolutely be a realistic thing that happens mm-hmm. yeah it's kind of scary i mean a lot of people end up most people end up in the hospital because of it yeah it's very scary um again Chronic constipation is not something that you want to let just go on and like sweep under the rug. Um, It can also impact depression and anxiety. Mm -hmm. There is a lot of science and a lot of research that shows the effects of a constipation and other gastrointestinal disorders on mood and anxiety disorders. And while constipation is often thought to be a symptom, most neuroscientific research has begun to show the importance of the intestinal flora in the development of brain symptoms. Okay, so there's even more of a reason that you might be feeling low if you can't go. <laughs> um, and it's just these type, like these are the side effects of constipation that people are not often aware of, and they make a huge difference in our everyday lives. So if you're somebody who's struggling from constipation right now, I want you to re-listen to this podcast and then reframe all of these things that we just talked about. What if you pooped every day? You would have less anxiety and depression. You would have less of a risk for these fecal impactions or structural conditions, right? You wouldn't be at risk of estrogen dominance, poor immunity. You'd have a stronger immune system to fight off these bacteria and pathogens that we're exposed to every day. You would have hair that is gorgeous, strong nails, right? We wouldn't have the effects uh, of maybe overgrowth of bacteria in the gut, such as SIBO, H. pylori, candida, things like that. Your skin would be clear. You would be able to lose the weight and you would have energy. So this is where you reverse all of those things. If you take care of the dysfunction, the symptoms go away. And that's a big part of what we do with our clients. So to wrap this up, here's a few things that you guys can do. These are very generic things. There's specific protocols. There's specific supplements that we use with clients. But again, that's all done on a bio-individual level because there's a lot of things for us to analyze. So five quick tips. Number one, drink at least half your body 
weight in ounces of water mm-hmm. each and every day. I would honestly say if you're a small individual, maybe you bump that up to two thirds of your body weight. Or if you're somebody who trains a lot, you sweat a lot, definitely bump it up to two thirds of your body weight. Start your day with a little warm lemon water and unrefined sea salt. So a pinch of uh, pink Himalayan sea salt would be great. Some minerals in there. Lemon water can be stimulating for stomach acid, can help move things through the digestive tract. Slow down and chew your food well. We always say like 15 to 20 times, maybe even 30 times, depending upon what you are consuming. But your food should be like smoothie uh, consistency when you're going to swallow it and put that into the digestive system. If not, you're putting large particles of food into the stomach and that's going to create more stress on the body. A lot of times what we see is one of the underlying root cause uh, reasons for dysfunction in the gut is low stomach acid levels. And that plays a big role in how your body breaks down, digests, and absorbs protein. So you have your mechanical digestion, that is your teeth when you're chewing, and then you have chemical digestions, various pancreatic enzymes, gastric juices, HCL, uh, stomach acid, and then your your stomach, if you think of it as like one of those stress balls, right? It's churning things around, it's squeezing and emulsifying foods to break them down to then move through to your small intestine, your large intestine, and then eventually excrete it out of the body. So don't be chewing, you know, very minimal and putting large particles of food on your digestive system. It's going to cause more stress. It's going to be uncomfortable. You're probably going to make things worse. Um, Number four, give yourself time in the morning to relax so that your body feels safe enough to be able to send the signal that you need to poo. Beck and I have talked about this before. Busy mornings, you're in a rush, you're on the go, you're missing that time, that signaling because you're in a stress state. Your body is not prioritizing digestion or sending signals for you to go to the bathroom. Other people deal with the opposite of this, right? They feel the urgency and they need to get to a bathroom ASAP. Um, That's unfortunate as well. There's reasons for that, different topic for a different day. But what I would say is give yourself 10 to 20 minutes in the morning time, sit down, drink that warm lemon water or your element, read a book, do something to let your body get into that relaxed state. And then once you feel the urge, go sit on the toilet and claim victory. The last thing is you can incorporate some enzyme-rich foods. So papaya, pineapple, kiwi, pineapple. There's a variety of foods. Uh, Bitter greens are also really good if you want to include those into your meals to stimulate and prime uh, the digestive tract. It can also stimulate stomach acid. You can add in uh, to your meals if you wanted to do like a teaspoon or two of apple cider vinegar and like four to six ounces of water. Sip on that during your meals. That can also help. Uh, There's a variety of things that we can do, but most people don't do these things. I'm going to be honest, everybody that we've spoken to uh, out of all of those people, which is thousands of people at this point, most of them are eating on the go. They're in a rush. They're not sitting down. They're not making connection with their meal, looking at their food, embracing you know the fact that they are thankful for this food, whether they labored uh, hard for it by going to the store and getting the food and then cooking it, uh, or if they're just doing hard work to be able to go and enjoy a meal at a nice restaurant. So take time slow things down a little bit uh, in your life and make sure that you're staying hydrated. That can all support. And then if you need help with this, if this is something that you are like, yes, Liz, yes, Becca, I am constipated. I am sick of it. This is not normal. We are here to help you claim victory. And if you guys know of a reel that says victory, please send it my way because I have a post written for it. I just need the perfect song. (laughs) (laughs) Have a great day, guys. Thank you for listening to The Food Code. If this episode resonated with you, please share, rate, and review as this helps us reach others around the world. With that, thank you for listening. We'll be back soon. Love you guys.